everyone, welcome to Talking is a Free Action. This is our weekly, sort of weekly, sometimes weekly, other people interlope at points, but usually weekly show where we borrow people from the material plane and put them through our, our little trials and tribulations. And I am the illusionist, as you should know by now. I represent the question masters. We're always on the hunt for that most delicious of all things, knowledge. And we're after it particularly from this week, one Professor Jaxis. Say hello to the crowds, Professor Jaxis. Uh, hello. <laughs> Marvellous. I love an enthusiastic participant. So, we've borrowed Professor Jaxus from the material plane. We also believe that he might be connected to a higher being from the Real World plane called Mike. So, hopefully we're going to ask Professor Jaxus some questions. We're going to put him through some tests and trials and uh, and then also maybe we'll try and get some information and knowledge out of him as well about this Mike creature. And before we begin, as ever, we have to give thanks to our wondrous sponsors and supporters. Please give a warm welcome to Phoenix Dice, our sponsor, and our supporters, Eldwood Academy and Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. And of course, the most precious of supporters are D. 20 club uh professor jaxis do you uh are you able with your hands to create uh the, a shape known as a heart not an anatomical heart a symbolic heart shape there you go please extend that out to the d20 club thank you thank you very kind of you very kind of you uh now for those of you who can't join us here in my temple of truth live you can always listen on your favorite podcasting app by searching for roll together rpg and also if you wanted to find us in the planes of social media you can also look across various different ones no matter what they're called these days look for roll together rpg and if we're there you'll find us now professor jackson i have summoned you to this the temple of truth here over the next 55 minutes or so you shall traverse the temple and behind each door is a challenge to overcome does that sound straightforward enough do you understand that uh, yes i mean i uh, i hope they're not physical well, some of them are would that be a problem uh, well we'll see if my back can do it for me, so. okay, be well, fine. well i'll give you this little way out if at any point you decide that a challenge is too difficult for your puny mortal self, then you can always invoke the rule of talking is a free action. It's the name of the show, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> and if you call that out, I will whisk you away and uh, maybe I shall have a chance to talk to this Mike character and will ask some questions instead. How does that sound? Perfect. Uh, does it count if I'm scared as well? Well, I do enjoy it when people are scared. So if you are scared, maybe maybe just sit in that emotion for a little oh, I, while. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how you react first. But if it becomes too much of a bore, then yes, of course, we can we can whip you out of there, I'm sure. I, I've been called that before. <laughs> scared or pathetic? Uh, what did I say? Bore. 
<laughs> a boar. Oh, right. I can tell this is going to be a, a thrilling ride for everyone involved, isn't it? <laughs> I, I should tell you that at the end of the 55 minutes, I suppose, uh, if you do start to get too scared, <laughs> this will only last for that 55 minutes. And at the end, I'll deposit you exactly where I've taken you from. And you'll barely remember a thing. Where, where did I drag you from, by the way? Uh, well, a, an, an unfortunate situation. See, it started. It started while, I, when I was at the the college, you see, um, and we started the college, and I was doing my research, um, and then I met some characters. And you see, I'm I'm a professor of the Feywild, um, and everything that's involved. Um, uh, he will waffle. For... Yeah. Do you want to get to the interesting bit, my dear? Uh, um. Oh, so yes, uh, uh, we, it started off with a dream, but it didn't seem like a dream at the start. So um, we we went into the the Feywild, or it turned out the Fey Dark. Now the Fey Dark is very, very interesting. Okay, so but you look different now to how you did not too long ago, right? You've been through something rather uh, rather serious. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a bit uncouth, but I, I lost my temper. <laughs> and I, I Tell did me more wrong, about that. Uh, rather uncharacter-like of myself. Mm. I, I, I broke something and, you know, I, I do hope that, you know, uh, you know <laughs> the harpers don't come after me for vandalism, but I, I broke my, my um, staff and used that energy and it seemed, it transported me. I have this incredibly long blonde summer-like hair and my I've, I seem to have changed um was that it you broke a staff and your hair grew yeah and I lost my temper right okay well that sounds uh most thrilling for you I must check my devices I do it's usually when a when someone like yourself undergoes something particularly uh monumental for them that uh, that tends to flare up on our readings and, and, and it feels like that tends to be the best moment for us to, to kidnap, sorry, no, not kidnap, borrow people <clears throat> to, uh, to feed off that energy because they're most willing to part with knowledge then. But uh, that does sound like a rather... Are you sure nothing else happened? Well, yeah, I mean... What was the release of energy? What were you doing? I was attempting to save someone from a deity-like hold. See, that's what I'm talking about. That sounds fascinating. Tell me oh, more well, about I mean, that. To be fair, if, 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 if you didn't rush me, I would have told you told you the story from the very start. I mean, maybe just the, the, the crib notes version. Oh, I've been told I'm not very good at that either. <laughs> Okay, I tell you what, let's go through <laughs> some rooms first and then maybe we'll eke out a little bit more uh, about how you feel about this uh, this occasion as we go. Is there anything you want to say to the crowds before we begin? Short? Uh, uh, <laughs> did you know about that? The Feywild? Uh, no, I, I think I'll just... No, before you is a silver door. <laughs> <laughs> and she will turn, and uh, and you'll see forming before you uh, a large ziggurat-shaped temple with this silver door 
inscribed with words that you you cannot fathom, even with uh, with your learning. How many how many languages does Professor Jackson speak? Um, a fair view, but they're all um, like um, Sylvan, Druidic. They're all like very much so in the realm of a Feywild slash Elven study. Nothing yeah. really of any <laughs> anything else. As you. Uh, as you sort of look at the the text on it, it does kind of shift and it's quite hard to sort of even pin down individual uh, letters, but anything that you sort of, uh, you get the feeling that it definitely is writing, but you, you can't sort of pass, like it doesn't, it's not familiar to you. Uh, there's nothing familiar to any of the languages you know. Um, but there is a silver door, there is a, a large handle on it and, uh, as you walk up, would would Professor Jackson just walk up, investigate? What would he do? Tentatively, yes, but he would. <laughs> and uh, just as he reaches for the door handle, the illusionist will um, pop up, just behind him, and whisper in his ear, "Ah, look in your pocket, Professor Jackson. <laughs> no. you, you should find in there some polyhedrons with <clears throat> numbers on them." Known as you may you may be familiar with a D one hundred. Oh. Do you have one of those in your pocket or about your person? It seems there 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 seems to be one. Yes. Yes. Do you want to do you want to take it out? Okay, take it out. Yes. What does it What does it look like? What does Professor Jackson's D one hundred look like? Um, it's like half and half. It's like, um. <clears throat> winter autumn colours on one side and then sort of like slit in half the colour changes to summer and spring like colours really nice uh, would you care to throw them for me cast them in front of you and tell me what happens just just anywhere or would you like a specific space to throw it on do you do you I'll wish throw to, them in to front of throw, you. throw it a certain way or have you rolled dice before I don't gamble. It's uh, I've got okay. an addictive personality. <laughs> oh, do you? That's interesting. And she'll oh. uh, make a little note in her notebook. Um, um, just, just throw them on the floor, dear. It'll throw them. Ooh, a ninety-eight. A ninety-eight. Goodness, so high. Well, you must be very lucky indeed. Uh, please. Proceed, turn the door handle and walk inside. Is the door heavy? Um, <laughs> relatively so. Like, it does require a little bit of a hoof to, to get just, it going, but it he will. He struggles, a, like, a disturbing amount to open a door. <laughs> <laughs> it will eventually slide over. Like, the illusionist will be stood there with a notebook, like... But he'll keep going. He won't give up at this first hurdle. Yes, he will keep pushing through the door. Right. He can manage that much. We'll see. <laughs> um, does he have dark vision? He does. You do have dark vision. Okay, great. So you'll walk into a room uh, that is dark, uh, but with the dark vision, you can make out it feels like a very um, plain-looking, empty room. You can sort of it feels like long. Uh, just a like a long cuboid room, quite nondescript, uh, stone floor, stone uh, stone walls. Uh, you can see ahead of you there is another silver door, um, 
but as you close the main door behind you, um, it suddenly switches. Uh, in an instant, the door closes and the room is suddenly incredibly bright, filled with furniture, and everything is on fire. Just, <laughs> just in a room full of fire and things burning. What do you do? Let's have a look at my spells. What would he do in a panic? Oh, I forgot. I have the most useless spell list. Um, <laughs> ooh, um, in a panic, in a panic, <laughs> just gonna cast Thunder Wave and try and like make it the flames as far away from him as possible. Amazing. Uh, I think that's literally the only thing. Oh, the, I could. We'll see how that goes first. <laughs> cool. So, is, how how does he cast this? Is it just a, like a panicked, or does there is there a process? Um, you, usually there is, but I guess at this this point, it's very much because um, he doesn't cast like a druid should. He's he casts almost like a wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and he panicked, oh, oh, what's what's that one? What's this one? Uh, um, um, wind! And then cast the wrong spell. <laughs> nice. So a great uh, boom uh, cracks out from your, your fingertips. And uh, it does cause like a, a ripple, right? The thunder wave pushes people back. So I think mm. you do get almost like a, a sonic boom um, creating this... Uh, this wind ahead of you and the the fire parts um so you've created a clear path but how quickly do you think he would react to to run down that path or do you think he'd be like oh, oh i've done it we can, we can pair him off with that uh, um a perception check maybe to see how quick he uh, reacts or uh i think this is a split second thing okay uh he'll he'll just scream and bolt Okay, great. Um, could you please make me a dexterity saving throw? That is an eight. Oh, oh no. He's not great at anything that involves movement. So he starts like, uh, you, you start running and dashing towards the door and you can feel the flames immediately kind of licking behind you as as soon as the the wave the pressure wave from the the thunderbolt has um has cleared them they start to close up again so uh you start running you start <laughs> running and i think there's a a table in the middle of the room that you'd have to go mm. around but you in in the panic uh, you kind of just run straight into it and clamber on top of it and now you're halfway there you're in the middle of the room but the, the fire is raging around you as well. And you start to hear beams above you, wooden beams crack and creak. And suddenly the room, it almost feels like the ceiling is lower already. I'm just picturing the illusionist like stood outside the door and yeah. you can just hear the muffled screams, like like mm. <laughs> unnecessary oh, amounts. Doing well then, good. <laughs> um he's going to sort of like he's gonna like look look around and he's and then he sort of closes his eyes and then he casts absorb ab, absorb elements. Nice. 
Nice. Um, and then he is going to just try and bolt through it. Mm-hmm. Remind me um, how it's only resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I if I take fire damage um, as a reaction, technically I can use it to become resistant to that damage. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, so again, is he just like panicking and running to the door rather than okay, cool? <laughs> but this time, I think it's as as you run, the flames burn and swirl around you and and lick at your body and he's pretty darn clever right professor jackson's yes relative <laughs> yeah well mate well actually let's let's test this make me a perception check keep you pure 25 great um as soon as you step in like you've got this layer of resistance i think it gives you a little bit of confidence to even though you're running in a panic it gives you that confidence to just walk through the fire and as soon as you step into the fire you realize actually it's not hot <laughs> just picture back at the door just the the screaming suddenly stops and then it oh that's clever <laughs> um it doesn't seem to be affecting your body in any way. Almost like with a 25, it's an illusion. No, it's illusion. Um, and a, he begins to weave this circular um, pattern and these it goes from like really, really structured magic. Um, and then you see vines and leaves begin to sort of like whirl in it. And then he just releases like this blast of um, dispel magic. Um, oh, I guess you'll probably want to see if you can figure out the source first, because that's kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. Can you sure. see like uh, where this probably was sourced on, or is it just the room itself, actually? I mean, I'll kind of check. Okay. 16. 16. Um, I mean, it. as you look around, it feels like it's uh, it's not coming from a, a particular source. It's not like there's a, a, a stone that's projecting like a hologram of fire around you. Um, it does feel like it's inherent to the room itself, but this is not a magic that you are familiar with at all. Okay, I ain't going to screw with that. I'm just going to be like, well, take take the blessings you get and walk straight <laughs> to the door. <laughs> the illusionist will greet you at the door saying, ah, so there is some bravery there after all. Yeah, when you figure out it's not real, of course. <laughs> and I wonder how how that could be applied to, to everything else you're scared of. What is reality, really? Uh, where I would die would you though how'd you know uh, well in the in the logic of study um if you have an unknown there is not usually a smart well it's not usually a smart idea to inference what you don't know and if you know the general fact of if you see someone die in front of you and they don't get back up well that's pretty you're thinking in very 
mortal ways, though, now. Like, what is dying, really? If that person doesn't get up, it doesn't mean, oh, you're overthinking things again. Roll that dice again. Mm -hmm. 54. A 54. Great. So, she'll... Um, She'll sort of roll her eyes, encourage you to, to roll the dice. It's almost like they um, they don't roll on the floor. As you throw them, it's like a, an invisible table. Uh, <laughs> isn't it? sort of land and there's like a little slight ripple underneath where they land. Uh, and you get the glowing 54 up here. Um, and it's like the, the door shimmers slightly as if something behind it has shifted. Would you go through the door? He'll struggle to open that door. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you want me to grease all of the doors going forwards? I mean, if you could just open them for me, that'd be delightful. Oh, uh, no, I don't. This is my temple. I don't, I don't do that. Oh, well, you know. Oh, I suppose I could... <laughs> Kobolds! <laughs> Kobolds! Uh, where are they when you need... Kobolds! And uh, a couple of uh, little, little kobolds will... <laughs> Yes, the, the door, please. Uh, yes, and they'll uh, they'll <laughs> uh, and and push it push it open for you. Oh, thank you very much. You know, delightful. You're welcome. <laughs> this one has a top hat, apparently. <laughs> Immediately pictured that one as Tom for some reason. <laughs> if Tom was a kobold, he would wear a top hat. Have, he would have some some kind of uh, yeah paraphernalia. Obviously, of course, he would. Uh, great, so you enter. Uh, there's a plush theatre space ahead of you. Uh, has Professor Jackson been to the theatre before? Oh, he delights in the theatre. Great. Everything about it, yes. Fabulous. In uh, Professor Jackson, was he originally based down in Smelteran? Uh, wherever the guild that we know and your, your character were from, yes. <laughs> Sarah, not to be confused with Sarah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did entertain me when I watched it. <laughs> um, yeah, great. So, um, and has he travelled around a lot? Absolutely not. No, okay. He's so, never actually been on an adventure. Oh my goodness. Maybe that's why he's been grabbed now. <laughs> this is your defining move. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you enter a, a plush theatre space. There are some um, some elements of it that are unusual, like maybe the, the drapes are are different to what you expect, um, the, although they're a different colour, like a, a plush um, a plush green instead of a plush red, or um, the the seats are a slightly unusual shape. Um, there is a, a crowd in the audience of, of beings that some you recognize, um, like elves, dwarves, um, giants, some that you have no idea what, uh, what species this creature is, but they're all sitting there looking expectantly. Um, as you're walking, you, the, the entrance that you've arrived in is like the, the back of the auditorium. So there's a long, um, there's the, um, the corridor in the front of you and there's, there's the stage straight ahead the aisle words there's the <laughs> aisle in front of you that, <laughs> ready to walk down and the stage ahead um, 
actually there's a lot of creatures here as well as you get closer and closer to the stage they get a little bit more fey as well um but uh, I think Professor Jax has never actually been to the Feywild. Well, technically now, in a dream. <laughs> now ha- in a dream, in a dream. Well, it'll continue to be in uh, in weird, egg, sort of, uh, yeah, my- mind-visiting, but not actually visiting. I think these look like uh, portrayals of Feywild creatures as one would have expected from a storybook, so not the real uh, sort of way that fairies or jackalopes or gnomes or any of the feywild creatures look. The, these are like, yeah, how probably how Professor Jaxus would expect them to look in that fantasy. And on the stage is uh, a large throne, two large thrones, one distinctly bigger than the other, um, with a bear sat in the largest um, with a crown on his head um, and next to the the bear in the throne on the smaller throne there is an otter with a stone tablet in its paws um, and next to the the other side of the bear there is a plinth with a, a golden cast of the bear's head and he's sort of got his hand on the uh, on, on his paw on the top of the head. Um, the otter says, right, yes, well, this week we have asked Professor Jaxus to uh, to bring the best gift for the Winter King. And uh, and he wishes for one, that is, I'll roll the dice because we've got a bunch of different ones. He's asked for the uh, the sneakiest gift. And the, uh, the bear turns to you. And as you've been looking, it's almost like you didn't walk down the aisle, but you're now in the chair opposite them uh, on stage. And suddenly all of the audience is looking right at you. Um, so the bear turns and looks directly at you. All right, then. What sneaky gift have you brought me? Sneaky gift. Preston uh, <laughs> Jackson gives off like a little squeak, nervous <laughs> squeak. Um, sneakiest gift or sleekest? Sneaky. Sneaky. Sneakiest gift. This doesn't necessarily have to be something in your actual character inventory, but uh, I think the way this is going to work is uh, sort of a you can manifest it. Whatever you think Professor Jaxus would have prepared for this moment had he been summoned to Feywild's Taskmaster, then it suddenly is there, ready for you to provide. Mm. Sneakiest. Ha <laughs> um, So when I was reading about um, Fey stories and fairy tales there was probably the most sneaky character i've ever read about it was this really interesting fable um and it, it involved bears um it also involved porridge <laughs> um and this 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 character would go into the bear's house and eat the porridge and you know they were a little bit selfish and they got a little bit sulky about sometimes they were more salty and sometimes they were more you know sweet or too sweet um 
The bear raises an eyebrow at your suggestion that uh, the bears would complain. Oh, well. Uh, so, what I would give you is the person that was sneaking around your people. And I will attempt to produce the thieving girl. <laughs> <laughs> From Amazing. the fairy tale, in that same style as the fey realm creatures. <laughs> incredible, incredible. So, uh, as you sort of turn around, uh, it's like there's a magic pocket behind you. <laughs> Uh, and you, you pull out and your hand feels the scruff of a collar and um, curly hair surrounding that scruff. So if you were to pull, would, would, would you pull? Yeah. 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 As, you, uh, as you pull your hand out, suddenly there is uh, probably about a 12-year-old girl with the... the bounciest golden ringlets tied up in two like big bunches with uh, with like gingham bows um and she's got uh like a blue gingham dress on with a big peter pan collar big puffy sleeves and um a little little court shoes like the the quintessential goldilocks sort of let me present to you goldilocks and uh she comes out screaming like what is this? What have you done? And Professor the bear. Back. <laughs> <laughs> the bear is about to say, hmm, I do like revenge. And then watches you screaming, and the bear and the otter just kind of look at each other. Like, Sorry, I was what, just what startled. It, it was my gift, and it my, my gift startled me. What can I say? <sighs> Let's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll uh, roll the thing. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, as she, so you, you scream back and he's like, oh, oh, sorry, I was startled. Um, she looks back at you and, and sort of says, what am I here to do? Uh, be sneaky. Oh. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> she disappears. Point case and point. <laughs> well, where's my gift, though? It's somewhere in here. It's just very sneaky. And he's desperately like, looking around and goes, Ah, oh, I see what's happening. I, I messed up. Um, illusion is talking as a free action. <laughs> 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 yeah, the theatre, it's like the uh, the curtains close yes. <laughs> on the theatre. You hear the audience were like, oh, ready to see if the, the Winter King was going to tear you apart. And as the, the curtains fall, you just hear a, oh, <laughs> from the audience. Well, hello, Mike. How's it going? Um, <laughs> How's life? It's good. It's good. This is, it's great fun <laughs> playing in absolute... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you could have chosen your words carefully and you chose to not choose any words at all there. <laughs> but have you been enjoying a scaling effect? Very much so. It's been really good fun. Um, playing something that's not useless because that becomes frustrating, but playing a character that's relatively difficult to talk to and 
but really in theme of about sort of what we're trying to do um has been really good fun and I, i'm a sucker for something that's a bit um there's lots of like you you're in and out of like oh we're going this direction and then ali just like pulls the rug from underneath you and sort of pushes you in a different direction it's just so good fun as a player and a role player just to be like having to keep on your feet and really pay attention um he's really good at that. sort of going on it's really good fun nice 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 and I, I something that i love that you've been doing with professor jacks is like the the theming of all your spells um i love the the description of pass without a trace where you're like casting moss on everything like this is a guy yeah. who who sort of is so connected to the Feywild and that sort of magic, but just has no idea. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Absolutely. Just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the logic has to be somewhere for him to have learned the spells. But trying to explore how a druid learns spells like a wizard has been like quite fun to sort of logic that out a little bit because it has to work somehow mm. in my head, but it's sort of how would this character sort of like figure it out yeah without the guidance did that go into because you said before you made a joke about like oh all my spells are useless is that because you've gone through and chosen spells that you think logically he would have yeah as someone who doesn't adventure as who someone canonically is a coward you know what spells would someone who doesn't go out would probably have stuff that's more convenient for his life than as a professor and there isn't a huge amount of like identifies or you know quality of life spells but a lot of this stuff can be kind of like cleverly worded or sort of changed in a certain way to make them seem more like as close to a learned person than would be someone who's out in nature and is in touch with nature um which has been really good fun but it has also meant that i'm quite limited <laughs> <laughs> well actually do you have, what I, I to my shame i i have been watching i promise um i've uh, not clocked what level you all are uh we oh that's a good question we start off at level seven right and then uh when we wake up um we are level eight mm-hmm. nice. Nice, nice, nice. Which was... so what what do you obviously pass without a trace what are the, what spells did you land on then it was it's more all, all either sorts of support stuff so lots of cure wounds charm person um fog cloud for the quick escape um what else have we got in here? Healing spirit, lesser restoration, locate animals or plants, which is a slightly rare. Oh no, that's from my staff anyway. Um, wall and ceiling climb, yeah. Um, dispel magic, sort of stuff that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, sort of in in day to day life, but also, um, it kind of just fits with a lot of his personality. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that uh, casting fog cloud is an essential day-to-day spell. Yes. <laughs> Just gonna, well, he gets, <laughs> he gets socially nervous incredibly quickly. If someone uh, asks him a question he doesn't entirely feel comfortable with answering, it's just poof, clouds disappeared. Where did Jaxus go? Mm-hmm. Very misty in here, old <laughs> Jaxus. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
Uh, well, the actual question that I rolled uh, of my uh, official list of questions was how much do you like to bring real world experiences into your games? And I guess this would work from a player perspective or a DM perspective. Uh, player is usually what Fever Dream I've had the day before. Um, I've, I've been a much more conservative in the characters I've played more characters I've been sort of thinking about for a long time that I've wanted to play usually so sort of, um uh, with you guys any of my players or uh, DMs <laughs> at home will be like some of the characters my players are just <laughs> but Jaxis was more of like uh um I just say this the concept I thought was really funny it was a druid that's never been in nature and it just literally was that. So I, I don't know if that came from anywhere. It's just more like when I'm bumbling about, not focusing on entirely what I'm doing, and I'm usually thinking about something else. Um, sometimes they, they just come. It's like um, a spore. I've had like a spore druid who gets high off his own spells. <laughs> like, just like really silly things like that. And that's what Jax's was. But I, I kind of fell in love with the idea and just having this bumbling coward essentially i keep on wanting to play non-heroic characters who are kind but they're just not fighters they're just not um they'll they'll try their best but you know the, every ounce of their body just wants to not be in this situation at all and that's been really quite fun to play with um and slowly start seeding in this realization that Jax is realizing i need to Stop doing stuff. Um, as a DM, it, is, it can be a little awkward because there's certain things in real life you just don't want to touch on when you're playing a fantasy game with your friends because half half the point a lot of the time is you don't want to think about the real world. Mm -hmm. So you go and play a fantasy game. Um, but, you know, I'm a big believer in there's no such thing as an original idea. So, you know, I read books, I watch films, um and i see all these things and you do just naturally take little touches of that actual real world experience maybe not <laughs> but like <laughs> something you mentioned though about um particularly the characters you play like professor jackson though uh because you think about um the the, the classic D, D characters sort of the whole point of playing games like this often is kind of wish fulfillment and like you yeah. say escapism but i think even in that playing that type of character where you're not a natural hero i think that that is that's still wish fulfillment from the perspective we've we've been through uh it's waning now but we've been through the the, the period of entertainment where it's superheroes everywhere uh, like superheroes and Jedi and uh, special people having special abilities saving the day and being big goddamn heroes. Um, but I think we've moved into a more cynical place now where people are like, okay, well, that's that's really nice for them, but it's no longer inspiring or like patriotic. Like the way in the 50s, like superheroes were like, I am Mr. Yeah. Patriotism and I'm going to save the day. And, uh, and everyone's like, oh, boy wish i could be like you you're so great whereas now we're like okay well that's not realistic because mm. your average person on the street doesn't have the ability to make big grand change but it's the same it's gone from like you say it's not wishing to be something 
people seem to be much more likely to look at something they can relate to. Exactly. So playing a character that has the abilities, but doesn't have the uh, sort of the, the the confidence or presence, and playing through a campaign where they their arc is that they find that they mm. the hero inside themselves, <laughs> search for the hero inside yourself. Um, that's sort of a more modern, relatable wish fulfillment anyway right it's finding the little things that we can all do i'm a i'm a terrible sucker for payoff as well like not necessarily torturing a character but having a character that really you know ever gets dragged through the mud a bit you know they've got dirty secrets that come out to light and you've got to grovel and apologize and prove um and then you know on other end just being maybe someone that isn't a fighter and you have to learn how to become a fighter doesn't necessarily have to be as negative as that but there can be something really fun about being something that people really don't want to relate to so you go even further down that spectrum of like maybe that person is or has a particularly rancid personality maybe they do things that we as people probably go that's just not cool you know, you don't need to belittle someone. You don't need to be. And then you do this thing where you have those beautiful moments with characters and they teach you how to not be that. And you get to show this path of someone being better and becoming better. Um, there can be so many different extremes to that. And some extremes are just not worth exploring, but you can really explore some interesting ones um, from one, one spectrum to the other, which is really fun to show that payoff and create a character that you're like, yeah, they're really cool now. I really like what they've done. They've really shown this sort of self-improvement and self-awareness of what they were and what they can be now, which can be really fun to explore as a player. Yeah. I also like as well the uh, the running theme of, I, I don't know if there are any druids in the Roll Together canon that are stereotypical, I... Uh, I am from a druid circle and mm. lived in the forest and now have come to civilization. Like most of our druids have something slightly, slightly urban about them or different about them. Um, it was quite funny for me playing uh, Baldur's Gate 3. And you go, one of the first things you do is you go to the um, the druids enclave. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this is what traditional fantasy druids are yeah, this is like, isn't it? This is like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they're all very lovely, uh, but it is like, oh, this is baby's first druid. Okay, great. Mm. Um, yeah, it <laughs> just reminded me of like, that's what they, they typically are. And then we, we've gone and done all sorts of weird and wonderful things with them uh, through through the people that have played them. So I found that entertaining. All right, let's get you back into the Temple of Truth, I think. So you... Uh, <laughs> You're not back on stage. Back he's like, <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt me. The um, I think as he says that, the, don't hurt me. The um, the bear and the otter have disappeared, and uh, sat in the throne instead is the illusionist with a notebook. Um, she's wearing the bear's crown just for the moment. It just feels nice to wear a crown sometimes, you know. Um, and the 
the Goldilocks figure that you produced is sat in the um, in the smaller throne, and she mocks you as well. She copies the "Oh, don't hurt me!" Um, right back at you. Um, that was really clever. You got her nearly back on. You just need to, to you know, get the whimpering down a bit more. <laughs> She's going to practice whimpering. <laughs> she does an average job. Yeah, you can work on it. <laughs> <laughs> the illusionist will take your reaction and look down at the Goldilocks. Go on then. Work on it. Get better <laughs> for next time. And uh, the Goldilocks will go, <gasps> okay, and, and run and disappear. <laughs> See, I didn't think that wasn't a terrible idea. It nearly worked. Yes, it nearly. I mean, you could have have tried finding her. Oh. But, uh, no, no worries. We've we've got that knowledge, so uh, that's all fine. Would you like to continue? She'll pull... uh, A cord has just sort of appeared from the ceiling that she just pulls, and um, the the backcloth parts revealing another silver door. Yeah, I'd love a cup of tea before we go on to the next one. But oh, aren't you demanding? I suppose we li- can... li- licorice, if you've got it. <laughs> licorice, yeah. interesting. And fennel. The first... There's a really good oh, licorice and fennel tea. <laughs> oh. Anything else, Your Highness? No sugar, please. She'll sort of look sideways at uh, some kobolds, which will be like. <laughs> um. Would you sit in, like, she will continue taking notes in silence. The audience have gone, by the way. The auditorium is entirely empty, so it is silent, unless Professor Jackson would talk. Uh, you just, you know that really irritating thing that people do when they want your attention, but they won't actually speak, and, you know, they're just... Um, uh, <clears throat> hmm. <sighs> And he'll just do that. <laughs> How long for? A disturbing amount of commitment <laughs> to not be the first to say something. <laughs> roll me, uh, roll me a d10. How many hours? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Eight. Eight minutes pass. The illusionist refuses to take the bait. Just flat out refuses. Um, so it's eight minutes before the kobolds bring this tea for you. Um, would would he keep making the noise or would he eventually give up? He's still, he's quite scared of her. So he'll probably like back off after a while and just sort of sit there um, and it'll change to like, like you know like the tapping of his he's like tapping his foot on the floor and then he'll like he'll shift a lot and you know just yeah it's all just irritating unnecessary noises yeah <laughs> uh, the, the kobolds will eventually and uh, and bring the tea uh, and it is exactly as you would want it to be like the perfect drinking temperature right now no sugar the, the best licorice uh, smell and taste overwhelms you as you're handed it. Um, oh, this is fantastic. It's, it's, I have to say, it's not, not as sweet as the one Winnow made me not that long ago. But, uh, yeah. you, 
requested no sugar? Yeah, well, I don't usually have sugar. I didn't have sugar last time, but it was just an interesting... Is that a problem? Do you want no, sugar? No, gosh, no. You should never ruin... I mean, you, you in, in your masterful ways, must know you don't ruin tea with sugar. Depends on the person, I find. Mm. Yes, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sweet enough, as they say. <laughs> was there something you wanted before? You seem very keen on getting my attention. I was sort of seeing how long it would take you to just come out with it, but you didn't. Um, well, as soon as you ask, um, I was trying to figure out whether it was rude to ask what you are. I'm a question master. Yeah, no, I, I understood that bit, but... There was a, there's a, there's a relative fascination on your, you know, your power and your being and your other yes. things. Well, are what you, would you like to know? Ah, oh, are you a day? Are you, are you a deity? Are you a demon or devil? You know, one cannot judge. But I was just trying to make sense of this place. So these are interesting definitions. Deities, demons, and devils are all defined by the people that worship or fear them, are they not? I do know this is certainly correct, yes. So to some, I would be, as you say, a deity. <laughs> and to others, perhaps they would see me more as a demon or devil. I would I would reject the, the mundanity of that uh, of that definition, but I would understand if people saw me that way. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's why I need you to go and I finish my tea. Look. <laughs> what do you see me as? Um. One reflects on that question as it's could feel like a trap, you know. It feels like, you know, I could say one thing and that would offend you and another that would maybe, you know... Um, satisfy, but I feel like encompassing you into a description or define you in a certain way wouldn't entirely be in my best interest. <laughs> and here I was thinking you were foolish. I'm not entirely convinced otherwise, but there is some wisdom there, I suppose. Roll me a perception check. Hmm. Yeah. Sixteen. Sixteen. You you don't notice it in at the time, but I think eventually you'll finish your tea. Uh the the, the cord that she pulled to open the door will just sort of magically stay where she pulled it to and she won't keep her hand on it. So the door is there and eventually the kobolds will sort of go. <laughs> and start pulling at the door. Um, you, as you just as you're about to pass her and leave, you just get the slight sense of, huh? Maybe she was quite invested in my answer. She seemed quite keen to have made a good impression. Hmm. But you kind of you just get that sensation too late to have acted upon it. It was just like in that moment as you're leaving, you're like, oh. Um, please roll me another D100. Oh, 
Oh, an 88. <laughs> rolling high, rolling high. Okay. So, uh, the door opens and um, some sand tumbles out just a little bit. It's not like a wall. It's just there was sand piled up and it just uh, tumbles out as you, uh, as the door is opened uh, and you step out. It's um, a beautiful uh, moonlit starry night out in the desert. You sort of feel it's weirdly, you might expect it to be freezing cold out in the desert at night, but it feels oddly temperate. Like it's not too hot, not too cold. It feels just cozy. Um, almost a little bit like a romantic idealized version of a desert yeah. at night um, would would Professor Jaxis sort of pause or say anything or do anything in this moment or would you just kind of forge on no you'll begin to sort of plot and wonder and look you know a blanket and a glass of wine would go quite nicely paired off in this place uh, the door will close behind you, leaving just desert. There is no indication that there was ever a door there. And um, as you say, uh, oh, a picnic blanket and a glass of wine would go quite nicely here. And um, as you turn around, there is a, a giant Leonin statue um, with a picnic blanket <laughs> and a a giant like the picnic blanket is the size of uh like like a, a small garden size picnic blanket it would cover that area um let's say let's say half a tennis court because that's a bit more of a specific size um and it's holding a glass of wine in its paw that is is like the size of a a, a small barrel um <laughs> and there is a, a u-sized glass of wine on the picnic blanket as well this leonin statue looks like it's made out of sandstone but it's still it, it's moving as if it was a a real person but it's it, it's like in aladdin the um the sand uh tiger entrance to the the cave and uh and he says well that can be arranged Is this thing terrifying, or am I pleasantly? You tell me. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with it. Huh? Ah, ah, ah. Incredibly kind, and um, <clears throat> he, he, he looks nervous, but he's kind of just going with it. He'll take the. Um, glass of wine and go to cheers it <laughs> glass of wine that's like nearly as big as you kind of comes down and just the <laughs> gentlest the most control just like tiniest ding. and uh he will he'll sit down and he'll um not put his back to it mm -hmm. but he'll sort of sit side on so he it's almost like he sat with the um leonin looking out onto the desert and like the stars and stuff mm -hmm. um Zin's not like directly staring at him or putting his back. It's just sort of sitting, sitting with, joining. Yeah, lovely. Um, I think based on the previous, uh, previous rooms, you would expect there to be somewhere a silver door to be the way out. 
um, but you can't see it at all anywhere. Uh, would would that be the first line of inquiry, or would you just be enjoying the moment and chatting to the Leonian statue? Um, they'd be enjoying the moment, but he would be like, so if there's no door for me to struggle to open, I'm going to assume that, you know, the exit has something to do yourself. A oh, very wise and astute person you are. And as uh, as he smiles, one of his teeth glints silver. Oh. I, have a, I have a little puzzle for you. Would you care to hear it? Uh, uh, Willing uh, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you one for puzzles? Uh, I, I, do, I, do, I do the uh, Sudoku in the, the paper uh, in the morning. That's probably about as far as I go. <laughs> do you do? Do you ever do your your puzzles on a moonlit night, on a picnic blanket, with excellent fan company? No, I've never. I've never done this before. I, I've never been to the desert before. I should though. I could hold. I could holiday here. It's rather delightful. The temperature, everything, it's very pretty. And, you know, they always say that sand goes, you know, into never places, you know, the uh, the fade arc, as they say. But I'm feeling very comfortable and not intruded on at all. I wouldn't know about that. I am made of sand, so by definition, <laughs> sand goes into all of my places. Well, yeah. yes. Well, I hope it's not uncomfortable for you. <laughs> Is your skin and flesh uncomfortable for you? Uh, no, fair point. Very astute, yes. That wasn't my question, though. <laughs> my riddle. Okay. This this slightly flirty, <laughs> weird Leonis, like this giant Leonis, just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, says, well, very well, then. Tell me, what is always old, sometimes new, never sad, sometimes blue, Never empty, but sometimes full. Never pushes, but always pulls. And again, that l giant grin with a with a flash. <laughs> I feel like I don't know if I've met this character before. I can't remember. Um, for everybody at home, Mike doesn't process riddles very well. Um, That's okay. You can make me. Um, well, <coughs> being a druid, you can you can either make me an intelligence check, uh, like a uh, maybe a history check to see if Professor Jackson has heard this riddle before, or uh, some kind of wisdom check. I think to to figure it out. History. Well, it's a, a dirty 20, nice. which could help. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I think there's something about uh, the setting as well. Um, the the main feature in this desert, apart from the Leonin, is just how beautiful the night sky is, including, and it seems slightly larger than you would uh, you would have ever seen it before, this beautiful and um, full moon in the sky and something uh, about that makes you go oh uh, the moon 
the stars. Very clever. <laughs> uh, You've not actually told me the answer. The moon. <laughs> As you say that, the uh, the Leonin sort of leans towards you. Um and sort of looms as if it looks like he's about to sort of jump on you and then the mouth, the jaw opens wider and wider and wider like the Cave of Wonders um, and uh, the, as the sands swirl you would expect to see a silver door but actually what you see in front of you is a silver portal instead and the illusionist pops up next to you Oh yes, very clever, very clever. Well done. You figured it out. Unfortunately, that's that's it. That's the end. You seem to be enjoying yourself there, though. Yes, I could have stayed there for quite a while. And here you were thinking you would have been scared or cowardly. Oh, I was scared. <laughs> but yes, but made it through though, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel like this whole summer change is doing something to my brain and I don't like it, but we'll see. Um, do you, you say I'm going to forget all of this? Yes, it's a bit of a shame, really. So uh, any character growth that happened in the last hour doesn't apply. Oh. Ah. Yes, I guess I'll I tell you what. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I'll leave you with just a little... Next time you look at the moon, you'll just get a little... little happy feeling. How does that sound? I'll take it. I'll take it. Very good. Don't go kidnapping any uh, blonde, curly-haired girls, though. No, no, that's not generally my style. I, I just... It's my job. Uh, okay, yes, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and she'll start to push you towards the, the portal and then suddenly stop and turn to the cameras and say, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for Talking is a Free Action. You'll find us here every Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. BST. I believe we're still in BST, not that pesky GMT yet. At Mondays and Tuesdays, 6 to 9 p.m., we stream our D&D &D documentaries where you can follow the adventures of... Professor Jaxus here and uh, so on Mondays we're still looking at a scaling effect I believe we're going into the finale next week are we not Professor Jaxus how are you feeling about that uh, absolutely hopefully I don't die <laughs> good we look forward to seeing if you do and on Tuesdays you can keep up with uh, you can refresh yourself with uh, one of our, our classics from the archives, Gloom Falls on Baldur's Gate. Uh, it's an excellent show. You should watch that as well. All of this streams on twitch.tv forward slash RPG, and the videos are available immediately after the stream to catch up or you can find it all on YouTube or podcasts. Just look for us. Rail Together RPG. You shall find us. Once again, thank you to our D20 club. Uh, please uh, produce the symbol. Thank you. It's very important. They they get cross now if we if we don't. You know, I don't want to invoke. I am very powerful. I don't want to invoke the wrath of the D20 club. <laughs> they are the most powerful people. Uh, you can also be as powerful as they are. 
by supporting us uh, with one of your local currencies per month. Uh, just search on Patreon for Roll Together RPG. Thank you also to the rest of our sponsors and supporters. Now, Professor Jaxus, you may now enter the final portal. As you go, please remember the ancient question master proverb. Always stay classy at the table. Oh.